Welcome to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by APT Capital Group, where Kyle and Lalita talk to top experts and seasoned passive investors in the business to help provide clarity and key insights to keep you safe on your journey to financial freedom. Our goal is to help you get educated on how to create passive income for you and your family using real estate as your vehicle. If you enjoy the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. Now, here are your hosts, Kyle and Lolita. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Lolita, also joined by Kyle. Before we get started, please make sure to head over to our website, www.limitless-estates.com, and grab our free Passive Investor's Guide. And if you're interested in learning more about what we do, you can schedule a call with Kyle on our website as well. All right, time to get into our show. Joining us today, we have Dr. Vikram Raya on the show. Vikram, welcome. How's it going? Thanks, Alita. I'm really excited to be here. All right. Well, before we head into today's interview, here's a little bit about Vikram. Vikram is a trained cardiologist, a functional medicine physician, and CEO founder of Viking Capital Investments. Vikram has been active in multifamily real estate since 2015, and his portfolio consists of 4,300 units and $600 million of assets acquired. In addition, Vikram is an international speaker, high-performance coach, and is the recipient of the prestigious Outstanding 50 Asian Americans in Business Award on Wall Street. So, wow, what a treat to have you here today. So, listeners, make sure to absorb what you can. Vikram, can you take it from here and tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do? Yeah, Kyle and Lolita, thank you again for having us. I've been a big fan of yours for a while. love what you guys are doing with Liveless Estates and how you're helping investors get financial freedom, which is awesome. I technically shouldn't be here, Kyle. I should be in a cath lab somewhere putting a stent in a person who's had a heart attack. But you know, I had a passion for real estate and I did that all alongside my medical career. So I know there's a lot of people here listening who multifamily is not their primary profession or they're doing a W-2 of somewhere. And I just want to tell them that there's multiple ways to get real estate into your life. And if you can do it as a side hustle, you can do it as an eventual exit, you can do it as a parallel path. And so that's the power and beauty of real estate. And I think Kyle, you and Lolita, you guys have done an amazing job. This was not your primary profession either. And you sort of transitioned into this as well. So it's really an amazing, powerful thing to have once you learn the skill sets. And so what I did was I started learning about real estate on the side, but I was really, really focused on my main profession. And then I just started falling more in love with it. And I started in single family homes in 2012. But then I really made the jump in in 2015 to multifamily because I wanted what I call LGS, leverage, growth, and scale. And you can do that with single family homes, but I just found it easier with multifamily. And the other thing we learned was OPM, right? Other people's money and learning. I was investing initially because I wanted to create freedom and opportunity for my family and for myself. But what happened was just like you guys have noticed, right? You have all these people who are interested in, hey, I want to get into your project or tell me what you're doing. And it's just a natural inclination to share. And that's the beautiful thing, right? The people who are most wealthiest in this world, in this country are really abundant and they're generous. And you want to be generous with your time, your energy and your information. And so I shared with people what I was doing and they got really interested. They're really excited. And so that's one thing led to another. We started Viking Capital, me and my partner, Ravi Gupta. He's also a fellow physician. And so we're like our doctors in crime, partners in crime, if you will. And we're really excited about not only about medicine, but also about real estate. And then because of my success in real estate, it allowed me to start going into other things like functional medicine and biohacking and human optimization and things that really, I wanted to change the conversation around medicine from 
fixing a broken person to taking a person, reversing their disease and making them live their best life. Awesome. Thanks for that. And congrats on all of your success. My first question I want to ask is how you balance between being a practicing physician and a multifamily investor, you know, both can be considered full time jobs. So what does your team look like? And how do you balance those two? Yeah, great question, Kyle. They say to get your dreams, you do need a team. And that's the one thing you didn't learn as medical school, medical school, they teach you to be self reliant, self sufficient, you got to think, hey, you know, if I can't do it, no one can do it. And I really started realizing I had to read books on business and marketing and uh, delegation and, you know, to create a system, right? A business system. And that's not, we're usually very focused, we're very specialized in what we do in medicine. And so learning to undo some learning and, and take in some new learning was very helpful. So what I've done is I first had to master my own mindset, right? To go from being a full-time physician to becoming a real estate investor takes a mindset shift. And obviously books like what Kiyosaki wrote, what Tony Robbins, like all these different mindset gurus, like they sort of help you transition from what we call the left side of the quadrant, the employee, the self-employed sort of solopreneur kind of thing to more of a team approach. That's helped. Number two was learning to, I think raising capital is one of the greatest superpowers of an entrepreneur. And once I learned how to do that, I knew I could grow a company. And, And the other thing was, I didn't believe in the false dichotomy of it's either this way or this way. I go, I want both. I want my coconut hazel chocolate cake and I want to be able to work out <laughs> and do an ultra marathon. You know, I don't want to sacrifice one for the other. So what I did was I was like, look, my kids are my primary priority. My wife, she sacrificed so much for our family. Like I'm not going to sacrifice my time with her to be successful in real estate. I'm going to do it on top. So what can I sacrifice? Okay. How about a little bit of less sleep? All right. So I committed to the 4.45 a.m. thing and I've been doing it for a decade, right? Mm-hmm. And that generated so much free time. It also teach, taught me discipline. I've learned to sort of create these old battle scars in my brain of like, hey, look, my feelings will tell me one thing, but I want to go to my aspirations, not my feelings. My feelings will only take me up here. My aspirations will take me up higher, you know? And so I sort of cultivated this entrepreneur, like, powerful mindset, optimistic, abundant, constantly ever learning kind of mind frame. And that lends itself to learning about real estate, learning about marketing, learning about investments, learning about functional medicine. And then I did all this for myself. I mean, I try to be very healthy, I try to be active. And then I create little pockets of time. And so I took advantage of whatever time I had. So my one hour drives to my cardiology practice, it'd be on the mornings, you'd be talking to brokers. On the evenings, you'd be talking to investors, right? And then, you know, in between patients, I'd be quicking out, squeezing out a quick underwrite of a deal, right? And then, you know, a lot of people would take a lot more vacations. At the beginning, I was using my vacations to go on trips to either they're in real estate investment conferences or they're on functional medicine conferences. So I was using my trips to always learn something. And then, you know, you're paying this price at the beginning. You're paying the price for the first three to five years, Kyle, and we'll leave that. But you know that. If you pay the price now, you can pay whatever price you want to live whatever life you want in the future. And I, I just knew that in my mind. And so I made a proclamation, Kyle, and it still sticks to me. My wife's like, you said it. I didn't believe it, but it came true. Because I started practicing at the age of 33, right? After almost 26 years of schooling. And then I was like, if, if I'm still practicing by the age of 40, something went terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know why I said it. I just believed in my sense that this was, I knew there was a better place for me out there. And then so... Literally, thirty my 39th birthday rolled around. And by the end of that year, I was giving my notice to my cardiology group that I'm ready to walk out from a six-figure cardiology salary and hang up my stethoscope, if you will. But I didn't hang up medicine. I just decided, hey, I don't want to practice traditional cardiology anymore. I want to practice this new way of doing it. 
Awesome. And earlier you mentioned that capital raising is a superpower. And I completely agree. I think once you learn how to raise capital, it opens up so many doors for you in so many different ways. Can you touch on that a little bit and how it's been able to open doors for you? Yeah. We train new students now. We have something called Viking University where we have a lot of physicians, you know, specifically that's our that's our background. So I mean, I have a neurosurgeon, I have like cardiothoracic doctors, I have like anesthesiologists, right? And the ENT doctors. And I'm like, do you guys realize who you're surrounded by? That's the wealth you're surrounded by. You don't even realize it. And it's not you asking people for money, it's you providing opportunities, right? And it's and you can do it even if you're a plumber, you're a teacher, you're a police officer. I mean, I know our mutual friend Whitney Sewell. I mean, he was a police officer, he's raising capital. Todd Dexheimer, who we know from Pillars of Wealth Creation podcast and other, he was a school teacher. I know another guy in New York, he was a firefighter. So it doesn't matter what profession. It does it is a little bit easier if you happen to be in a professional network of some sort, but that does not in any way limit you. But we're surrounded by people who either have a lot of money or they have a lot of time or they have something that we can leverage to grow our company. And so what you're doing is you're providing opportunity. I mean, even in our worst case scenarios, I mean, multifamily is still spitting off like five, six, seven, eight percent. And then if you annualize it, 15, 16, up to 20, 25% sometimes. And so you can't get that in. I mean, I was just on the phone call with my wealth manager from like Truist Bank. And he's like, I'm really excited to give you 6% this year. I'm like, great, man. Thank you. I get 7% without thinking about it, you know, but that's why it's not common for us to give you these kind of returns. So one, you're giving opportunity, you're giving tax breaks, you've devoted at least a year or two to learn a skill set. And if you can present that to other people and like do things like what you guys are doing, right? This beautiful podcast where you're bringing on thought leaders from all over the country and you're sharing this knowledge, people then view you as sort of a micro celebrity, this perceptual positioning. And so like, we're like, wow, Kyle really knows this stuff. He put on that amazing asset management summit that everyone listened to, right? That's amazing. And so that value, the value, the value that you're generating, obviously I want to, when an investment opportunity comes, who do you think I'm going to choose? Kyle or someone I don't even know, right? So that's what you did. And that's what I'm doing. And I've become a leader among the physician community in real estate investing. And so now they feel comfortable investing with me because they know I know the medical side of life. I also know the real estate side of life. And then you start getting a track record. And then once and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So great. Can you tell us about your 8S limitless formula? Yeah, I have some good news and bad news, Kyle. I don't have an 8S formula any longer. Oh, okay. It's become 10. So I'll give you my 10S formula. Is that, is that fair? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. All right, so the first three are state story strategy. And you may have heard of this before, and that's great. And this is just the foundations. And really what I consider this is sort of the foundational framework for really becoming successful and becoming what I call limitless. I have a company called Limitless MD where I help become a high-performance coach for doctors and other high professionals. And this is what we focus on. State is really your mindset. It's your focus. It's your physiology. It's what you speak. It's how you carry yourself. It's your languaging. It's so important. And once you control that, you can control literally your outcomes in life. Next is your story. What's the internal conversation you're at, Lalitha? What are you conversing in your head? What are you saying to yourself? You know, what do you believe? And then your strategy. Everyone loves to focus on strategy, Kyle. But as you realize, that's only 20% of the game. Mm-hmm. And so this is a good foundation. And then you go to your standards. The standards are your environment as well as the people around you. So you don't rise to your successes, you fall to your standards. So if you have high standards, that's what you eventually go down to. So, 
And I'll give you an example. You have Marines, right? They come back from the war and they've had the highest standards that they've ever had in their whole life. But then when they come back to their local community, the people around them drink every day, they eat crappy food, they don't work out, then they eventually become like the people around them. So that's why standards is super important. Simplify, right? So now the next three are called simplify, slow down and smile, right? And this is now you're starting to play the internal game. So if you simplify, it's really important. They say there's a new movement, like the little mini homes. There's a movement for minimalism and essentialism and donating and Marie Kondo cleaning out your home and all that kind of stuff. So this is a, a quote that I always live with. It's complexity is the enemy of execution. So try to make it as simple as possible, like your investment packet, your investment process, capital raising, make it where it's not a pain in the butt to do business with you, right? Also, don't go after mobile home parks and then self-storage and you're going to do mm. built for rentals and you're going to do multifamily and you happen to have an hedge fund as well, right? No, that doesn't work, right? You got to get really super focused, monomaniacally focused on one thing, become an expert at it, and then you're allowed to start bearing. Next is slow down, right? Sometimes you have to slow down to speed up, right? Speeding up is always isn't the answer. And some of the top teams like in McKinsey and Harvard, they tell you to like slow down, declutter, really focus on the process and execute the process flawlessly, right? And then finally, smile. When you smile, your brain releases, you know, neurotransmitters like neuropeptides that help fight off stress, like dopamine, serotonin, endorphins. And it actually acts as like a mild pain reliever. So learn to like smile. It just changes your perception of your journey. So that's the middle three. And then the last four are this. You need to learn to suffer, savor, and surrender. And let me explain. All top entrepreneurs in the world, all top performers, the CEOs we admire, the artists, they've suffered. They've gone through it. Like Adele, the Grammy winning, every time she writes a big hit is because she went through a breakup. Something happened and it was very painful. Steve Jobs, CEO of Apple, right? He suffered tremendously, but it drove him to the highest of success. Elon Musk, I mean, complete suffering. His life is like <laughs> crazy. It's like he had to suffer. He had to get pushed. He had to get you know made fun of. He had to get ridiculed. But now he's you know he's on top. And so, I'm, what I'm suggesting is to grow in life, be willing to suffer, and and, and sort of enjoy that. Next is savor. Right? Um, life is not meant to be rushed. You got to savor the moments, the wins, the losses, everything. And finally, surrender. There's a quote by Marianne Williamson. She says, the moment of surrender is not when your life is over. It's when it begins. And so at times I'm like, I want to start a fund. I want to buy these six deals, but I'm only getting four. I'm so frustrated. You know what? I'm going to surrender. I've done what I can. Like Kyle, you've done what you can. Lilitha, you've done what you can. You've served your investors. You've raised the capital. You found some good deals and you're doing the best you can with the resource you've been given. You know what? At that point, it's up to grace, the universe to then sort of comply. And having some patience, we as entrepreneurs and as real estate investors are impatient sometimes and sometimes just let go, you know, is, is, is the right answer. Yeah, I think Lolita's smiling for a reason. The four that kind of touch me and kind of relate to me is slow down, smile, savor, and surrender. Those are the four that I'm going to work on after hearing that. But do you have any tips or best practices on how to become more aware to implement those 10 S's? Because I think it's good to have those. But I think a lot of times entrepreneurs, business professionals, you name it, they just get into that mode where they're just head down and they just go, go, go and kind of forget these types of things. There's a paradigm that I look at. It's called, you know, essentially hustle and flow. And in the first half of my life, I was, I would say, I was sort of lackadaisical. But then in sixth grade, I really turned it on and 
I haven't really turned it off for a while, but it was like really hustle, right? And it was like burning the midnight oil is pushing. It's fighting for every inch. And as I got a little more gray hairs and I'm starting to like get a little more wisdom, I would say, and it's not, it's because of just experience. I've learned that, you know, I don't have to fight for everything. I can let the game come to me, if you will. And I've learned to meditate more. I've learned to be introspective. I've learned to journal. I have a brag book where I write like anything like, you know, I got nominated by, you know, the U.S. Congress. I've got into the congressional record recently for some work as an entrepreneur. And like, normally these things I just blow over and I'm like, whatever. But like, I'm like taking a moment, like savoring it. Cause like, if I have an investor who yells at me on the phone, I'll remember that for like four weeks. But if mm-hmm. I get this huge award that is pretty mm-hmm. prestigious, I, I notice, notice it for like five minutes and I'm like, okay, I'll just add it to my resume. I keep going. You know, there's moments in life, you know, when your kid comes to you and you're in the middle of creating an email or, or investor packet or something, and you sort of not blow them off, but you sort of say, okay, I'll, I'll talk to you. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, that's a great drawing. I'll talk to you later. I catch myself like, you know what, how many more, how many more Christmases do I have with him before he leaves my home? Right. How many more birthdays do I have before he's off, off to college? And now I'm like counting things. Like my parents are here visiting me for a week. I've learned to sort of slow down my work because I'm like, look, how long are, are they going to be alive even? You just got to like take things in perspective. Like we're going to be successful no matter what. And it's almost like you have to have that inevitable faith. So the two things, there's a book that I really recommend. And we're talking about other books, I'm sure, later in the, the podcast. But guys, Miracle Equation by Hal Elrod is mm-hmm. a really good book. And the reason why I like it is because he has a formula for miracles. And you're like, BS, Vic. I, I don't think there are formulas for miracles. So he goes, miracles are essentially unwavering faith plus extraordinary effort, right? So the faith part is actually the hard part. Having that faith, we're really good at the effort, but it's that faith that's important. And I think that interplay between both. And if you guys are interested in learning more about flow states, go into Stephen Kotler's work. He's the, the, the guru of flow state. Yeah, miracle equation. I actually write down that equation that kind of I journal it every day, seven days a week on the unwavering faith and extraordinary effort. So I absolutely relate to that and, and love that and something that keeps me going as well. And I honestly, it's, it's been great for me because it has helped me achieve so many different things just by knowing that and, and putting that into my mind every single day. And Kyle, if I I could just stack on one more thing, sorry, it just came to me. You're saying, hey, what tools can your listeners use to sort of like anchor some of this, what we talked about, the 10Ss? One of the tools I teach my high performance clients is this, the forward gap and the reverse gap. And let me explain. So the forward gap is, hey, like, oh man, I want to get my first multifamily deal done. I'm doing all these things and I don't have a multifamily deal. And there's this angst and frustration. There's a gap and and it's driving me. Then there's like, look, I've done, maybe I've raised capital for four other deals. And I've done 20 single family homes, but two years ago, I had nothing. So going back to where you started, maybe two, three, four years ago, and just seeing where you were, your mindset, what you are able to, what hadn't been accomplished yet. And then think about where you are now and all the stuff you've done, you know, giving yourself credit for it, be compassionate to yourself. and like, wow, that's amazing. And then you think about what you need to do. And you're like, you know what, if I've done that in two years, imagine what I'm going to do in two more years. And so that reverse gap gives you the, correct perspective. So then you have the right vision and compassion as you look forward. Yep. Love that. That's definitely something I need to work on and take to heart as well. All right. Lolita is going to take us into our final four questions. Are you ready? Absolutely. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have. 
and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz and we'll start the conversation. All right, Vikram, let's wrap this up. What is the one tool you use in real estate investing that you could not do without? You know, I was going to say something boring like underwriting templates, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to actually say WhatsApp has become like our business Slack. And we tried using mm-hmm. Slack and for whatever reason, we found it very complicated for our team. And so we just all create all these WhatsApp channels and, you know, I have like an asset management one. I have a deal one. I have one for investor relations, just a general Viking one. So it's pretty cool. Can you tell us a story about one of your biggest mistakes in real estate investing so far and the main takeaway for our listeners? Yeah, we got into this 268 unit deal in Atlanta and it was just off the success of one of our first deals we had done. And it was a really big deal, 35 million, which at that time was a really large sum for us. And we had to bring on partners. And so I was in a multifamily training program. We brought on a partner and the partner was a husband and wife team that ran the asset management course. So we thought, okay, who better than them to bring on as our asset managers, right? And it was a debacle. And we ended up essentially managing the whole thing. They were not really involved in the way they should have. And it was one of our more challenging deals. We ended up still turning a profit just because, as you know, multifamily is forgiving. But we learned about partnerships at that point and be very, very, very careful in who you bring on as a partner. What is it that you need to do now to grow your life to the next level? I'm at the point where potentially I could just retire and like sort of sip some pina coladas on the beach. But I'm really at the point where I really want to become help people in the three areas that they suffer most, I think, or they have challenges most, which is health, wealth and mindset. And so Viking is really helping people grow their wealth. You know, we're growing our investor base every day, limitless MD. I'm helping high performers really harness their brains and their minds and really achieve what's possible. And trying to become limitless. And then I have a company called Vitology Institute where we're helping CEOs, executives, entrepreneurs, and business owners really unlock their hidden vitality and be their highest and best version of themselves. And these three companies really fulfill me. They make me happy. And I really feel like it's my mission to really focus on these categories. Great. And finally, where can our listeners find out more about you? My website's vikramraya.com. My first name, last name is V-I-K-R-A-M. Last name is R-A-Y-A.com. Or if they want to get me on LinkedIn, it's linkwithvic.com. And it's L-I-N-K-W-I-T-H, Vic, V-I-K.com. Great, Vikram, that was so valuable. So thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Vikram. Thank you. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate group on Facebook so you can connect with Kyle and Lolita and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so that you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, head on over to aptcapitalgroup.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Kyle and Lolita, sign up on the Contact Us page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode.